welcome to Roll with Adventure, a Dungeons and Dragons 5th edition podcast that transports you through the magic of imagination from our world to the far off world of Everest's, a land full of heroes and villains, the evil and the divine, monsters and miracles, and, of course, magic. We are delighted to bring you this adventure from our imagination to your ears. If you like what you hear, please subscribe for further episodes and follow us on social media. If you want to learn more about us in this podcast, please visit us at RollWithAdventure.com. And now, let's listen as our heroes roll with adventure. Hello and welcome to episode 9 of Roll With Adventure's campaign of Shadow and Bliss. My name is Cass, and I'm the dungeon master for this ragtag band of heroes. Today, our journey into this tale of adventure, intrigue, secrets, and magic across the world of Ibris continues. This episode continues on the evening of the 29th of Morgren, in the year 1083 PR, in the small city of Dwemer Hollow where our heroes have been invited for dinner with the Lord Buchanan, following defeating undead that had spontaneously animated on his grounds. Now, before we dive right in, let's meet our band of heroes. To decide the order of introduction, let's roll player initiative, not character. And remember, here, we roll with adventure. I think everyone knows how to do player initiative now, so... How dexterous or not have each of you been this past week? Oh my god, I forgot we have to do this. I am so tired today. I I haven't done anything bad, though, so... Mm. I'll take the zero. Does uh, mental dexterity count? Because at least on three different occasions today, I deleted the document while... Like, I just closed it down while working on it. Because I had too many tabs open. I'm, I'm going to go ahead with a negative two on that. <laughs> I think I get a plus two this week because I had a two-year-old attempt to kill herself by leaping off a kitchen table chair. And I caught her, even though I was sitting on the opposite side of the table from her. That is how fast I was. Whoa. That is amazing. I stirred two pots at once, a sauce and a noodle pot. I get a plus one. <laughs> oh, I feel so uncreative. Now let's see how the dice go. No. So 16 after uh 14 after the penalty. 11. 19. Whoa. 3. <laughs> oh. I didn't hear a wolf. Oh. I screen. muted myself. No. <laughs> You didn't get to hear my uh, crit fail noise. <laughs> Brian, take us away. Well, my name is Brian. I am at MindOverBrian on Twitter and on Twitch. Uh, I am playing Melian Barebone. A, I, I think it's fair to say now that we're in session nine that everyone knows I'm a changeling um, who currently looks like a um, medium tallish half elven redhead. Uh, with a large scar from it that goes from his lip to his right ear. 
I have already forgotten if I was going second or third. You were second. <laughs> so I am playing. <laughs> the mental dexterity continues. Yeah, to, oh, um, it's going to be a recurring theme. I apologize in advance. Uh, my name is David. Uh, I am playing Jovan, who is a human scholar. Um, his father is a barrel maker. Um, and is presumably still alive and practicing his craft, though it's been some time since Jovan has seen him. I can't wait for him to turn up in some awkward moment or dire situation. Yeah, having your parents alive as an adventurer is usually just dangerous. <laughs> yeah, mine are dead, so that's good. Speaking of... Um, my name is Ali. I'm playing Kawari Anakalathi Bostukbase, a Goliath paladin. And to this day, I carry the war pick that my father used to kill my mother's murderer. I'm Sasha, and I play Phelis, a half-elven bard who was raised by and can speak to ghosts. Uh, and during Phelis' first winter after her mother died, when she was about five years old, uh, she wasn't able to properly put together any sort of shelter for herself, um, and so she nearly froze to death, and that's why she only has four toes on her right foot. Oh. That. That was an unfortunate toll. <laughs> well, now that everyone has introduced themselves... Let's get this adventure rolling. And remember, here, we roll with adventure. So our session today starts up back in the methodical control region that Jovan has set up in one of the spare rooms uh, at the uh, Buchanan estate. Uh, he had asked uh, Gerard to grab a few things for him, and they'd set it up for him to his specifications, and he's been using that to examine a couple different objects. You know that you have been invited to stay for dinner, the Lord Buchanan, and time is ticking towards the evening. I have it in my notes that I was supposed to ask you about a door. I think it's referring to the one that Quarry carries? Yes. Uh, you were doing some kind of detect magic-y thing, right? Uh, I'm, I'm aware of all magical items within the zone that I set up. Concerning that door, there does seem to be something going on with it. Uh, but what I will tell you is that there is a trace of magic on the door. Or at least spreading across the door. But you can't necessarily tell if it's a continuation of the exceedingly minor and watered-down version of Wish that is keeping Quarry possibly very clean, frivolously. Away all my secrets. <laughs> <laughs> or if it is something else. I think you'll finish enough that if you do spend a minute, you still cannot identify it. Quarry, um, it might just be. Uh some interference on my instruments but it seems like there's something quite peculiar about that door you carry are you aware? Or... Uh, well I it it does do one strange thing 
Um, do tell. If, if I'm attacked from behind, it makes a very loud ringing noise, like a gong. That seems like it. If they hit it. It has a built-in doorbell? I mean, that seems quite I... useful. I have found it quite useful in the past, yes. You're always full of surprises. The more you know. <laughs> Alright. I think that is about everything that I needed to do here. Though... And he'll, he'll direct us towards the uh, butler. If it's possible to leave these up where they stand, if you're not using the, the area. As you turn to look for Gerard, he is not there. It, he has disappeared. Takes you over a moment to realize that he's talking to thin air. And just quietly stutters to himself. Did anyone see where Gerard went? No. I did not. Phyllis is sleeping, so no. Surprisingly oh, yeah, light on his feet. Burrito. Hmm. I wouldn't have thought the old one had it in him. I suppose there's no way we're going to dodge that dinner, are we? Is there a reason you would not like to eat an evening meal, friend Jovan? Well, I, to be honest, I think that's the first time since I, I came to the city that I've been anywhere but my own home. I don't know if the, the dogs have ever actually left their own overnight. I'm sure the house can take care of it, but... It leaves me uncomfortable. But we can't miss this opportunity. We need the snowball on our side. Indeed, the Lord Buchanan does seem like he would be a good ally. Besides which, proper etiquette dictates that when a noble invites you to dinner, you must attend. Unless you have spectacularly pressing business elsewhere. This has also been my observation in my limited experience. Oh. Trust your judgment on that. Right. Let's... As your conversation sort of continues going for a little bit, there's a rap on the door, uh, and then a maid takes head in and says, Will you need help freshening up? We've been sent with clothes for each of you. Quarry looks skeptical because they're rather tall. <laughs> there is, in fact, an awful lot of quarry. The maid sort of just raises an eyebrow, waiting for a response. I, uh, if this is necessary, then I, I will be happy to cooperate. The door is pushed open, and you see a, uh, you see another maid, but she sort of has her shoulders set back. There's a bit of gray shot in her hair, almost perhaps more like a governess of the house. Mm. Um perhaps serving alongside Gerard is standing there, and there's, she's flanked by two maids. She goes, enough, enough. 
each to separate rooms, and we will have them dressed. Uh, I possess my own clothes, thank you. She looks you up in your half-dressed state and says, You most certainly cannot stay in such poor dressing. Of course not. I have clothes that would be suitable for your house's dinner. And you have them here? Uh, Melian gestures to the bag that he's carrying at his hip. Of course, I never leave home without several changes of clothes. <laughs> well, uh, the Lord Buchanan has had asked for clothing to be provided for each of you, so I will ensure that we have them set aside for you in the room you are given to change in. Your decision upon which clothing you wear is entirely up to you. She says with a sort of curt smile. And the two other maids come in and a smaller sort of, and, and like a small younger maid sort of following behind uh, who is looking down at her feet comes over and uh, is sort of standing across from where Faileth is wrapped up. And the other two come in and sort of, this way please, follow us. And they begin to take you off into different rooms. Does the little maid try to wake me up? She waits until pretty much everyone else has been taken from the room and then says, Miss. I suspect Melian would yeah, not, not leave Faileth behind. So Melian will just pick Faileth up and like carry her with him. Um, if... Melian grabs Faileth while she's sleeping. He, she is absolutely going to wake up with a yell and punch you. The young one is sort of taken aback, and the other maid that uh, was has has been trying to get Melian out of the room, and she's like, "No, no, uh, sir. Separate rooms." The girl does not leave my sight. Can't... Last time I let her out of my sight, she was attacked by a flaming skull. She'll sort of look towards the. Uh, more authoritarian uh, figure and uh, she sort of looks narrows her eyes a bit and then takes stock of you and then just gives a curt nod and turns and says have the clothing brought to this room just just change them here and then she walks out if there's anybody who should be able to pick up a sleeping faileth without waking her up I think it's me Sasha, if you're trying to say something, you're probably on mute. Nope. I'm just waiting to oh, see okay. what, uh, <laughs> what the, what's actually going to happen. Because I think you said you were going to try and punch Well, if he wakes Millie? me up, uh, if anyone wakes me up by touching me, then I am absolutely going to freak out and try to attack them. But you're wrapping but a But Million did just claim... Yeah, but with disadvantage. That he, I mean, absolutely. Also, her strength is 10. She's not hurting anyone. But that's what's going to happen if I am woken up by being touched. I'm just saying you're wrapped up in a burrito. I should be able to yes. pick you up without you knowing. And I, I can't imagine this would be the last time that it happened. Or the first time, I should say. Faileth, you are pretty exhausted. So let's say that there, when 
the matronly lady says that they can stay in this room together. Uh, Melian then pr- probably doesn't have to actually pick, go to pick you up. Um, but it's that he looked like he was going to when she said, when she took stock and allowed it. Uh, and the young maid is probably trying to wake you up without touching you until Melian maybe like shakes your burrito. Uh, if he shakes the burrito to wake me, I will sort of like, ah! and like flail wildly. But of course I am burritoed. So my arms are just kind of ineffectively flopping within the blankets. And I'll probably like tumble out of the chair ungracefully and they go, oh, hello, Melian. I didn't clock you this time, did I? No. Oh, good. You are fine. What are you doing now? Apparently the Lord has provided... Miss, we have some clothes for you. Oh, I'm wearing clothes already, see? I wouldn't come without them. Oh. Oh, no. Those clothes are not suitable for dinner. They're the only clothes I have. Oh, we have prepared clothing for you. She looks very skeptical. I am what is it? And, uh, they go over to a sort of, like, a dresser, and there's two bundles on top of them. One maid brings one over to Melian, and the other maid brings one over to you, Faileth. Melian, yours is a black and green brocade doublet with a silver trim and pants that are that will complement it, so they're dark as well. And Faileth, yours is think of more the style of a summer dress, but the same colors. Ooh, it's all swishy. Is it a nightdress? Do you wear nightdresses to dinner? While Phyllis is querying the maid, Melian's going to pull a sealskin wrap out of his bag and unfold it. And inside are clothes from uh, when he was, like from, from his hometown. Um, where mm-hmm. So it's a bright white, like leather, or not leather, but um, like... What's the? It's like an animal skin, like a not leather, but a, or a soft leather. A pelt. It's soft leather, rather than like actual polished suede? leather. Suede. I mean, would they have? Is that like a thing? Yeah, yeah. Suede's been used for ages. Cool. Yeah. In which case, like, yeah, have a, have a suede, uh, a bright white suede shirt, uh, and a like a <laughs> like a kilt. So it's a uh, dark. Uh, blue tartan uh, and it was like Excellent. the old style one so it wraps around it is, it's not like a modern it's the, the old style so it wraps around and then he throws half of it over his shoulder and then ties it off at the side the maid you changed uh, was looking away <laughs> like blushing <laughs> Melian's like whatever this isn't even really my body <laughs> <laughs> good point Faileth as you are trying to pick apart pretty much the the maid keeps coming back with these were what was provided and that they thought this would be most comfortable for you and they That's just keep good, trying to get you into a dress oh miss as a young lady but if i run wearing this people will see my fanny well if i've got to How climb short something is the, dress? the dress is not short it, it goes but it's open definitely at the down to. 
Faileth. Uh, and Melian gestures her over. And then he, he whispers, Once they put the dress on you, you can put the trousers on underneath and roll the cuffs up so they aren't visible. Melian, you're so smart. Okay, I'll wear it. And they... She starts to get you into it. And we'll switch over to Jovan. Jovan, you have a matching set of clothes as what I described for Melian. One thing that I would like from you is can you give me a history check? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, give me a moment here. Oh, yeah. Uh, so five plus five is ten. Thank you. That's how math works, yes. Task-wise, that's an easy difficulty task. I would say that this probably is easy because you've been seeing these colors a decent chunk, but you know that this is the same livery colors for the Buchanans. Okay. Well, that's no terrible surprise. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, Jovan doesn't have any particular resistance. He's, he's more than happy to pick up another set of clothes. Um, he changes and waltzes out. Kawari, it does not appear that they had... <laughs> clothes in the same color and size as would be appropriate for you but they shocked. <laughs> but they were able to provide closer more along the lines of like clerical vestments and robes that were bigger for yes. you uh, because wearing armor at a dinner table is so gauche yeah it's not necessarily conducive to the chairs yeah um <laughs> The the robes, they're not anything that Quarry would feel like it was inappropriate for them to wear, because they are very aware that they are not a cleric. No, perhaps back even at the Abbey, you may have worn robes similar to this. Like a monk's habit kind of thing. Yeah, closer to that. Okay. But this is also, the, the monk's habit is, it's in a sort of like a, a brown beige color. Possibly, I don't know how much you know about fabrics, it's possible that someone i know nothing about fabric i know about hides leathers but not you, you have no idea that these might have been curtains <laughs> <laughs> excellent um Cass, just as a side note melian is not going to leave the room without his uh great sword however he will unroll what is like a traditional soft leather sheath and then there are tongs on the top that essentially wrap around the hilt to so that it's essentially tied into this soft leather and then strapped to his back mm -hmm. so it looks ornamental rather than um, for for use uh, and then he straps that to his back excellent so essentially, i won't be going in unarmed but i'm also not going to look like i'm coming to the dinner table with a weapon and it also it's not something that you can in the same round get no. those off and make yep, yep. an attack kind of situation it's one where it would take a few moments to get them off, I yeah. assume. Probably oh, yeah, yeah. And it's like, it's like, a, it's like a, um, a complicated, like, uh, clearly like a ritualized knot. So it, you know, like it wraps around, but then it ties off, then it wraps around. So it, it, it's formed, like, it's a, while there's leather tongs, it's like six feet of leather tongs wrapped around this, like, one hilt part. I wouldn't be that surprised if it's called something like a peace mm -hmm. knot. Also, Faileth is absolutely tying the skull to the belt of this new dress. The maid is, like, slightly freaking out a bit, but at the same time, I mean, she's been told in that... Leathers, so it's not obvious that's what it is, but... 
I'm fairly sure you said it's wrapped in leather, but that the leather I mean, it's bad. is like peeling in some places oh, yeah. and is really doesn't conform no, that well. So it's they're, clearly they're... A, head, a skull, but it's not like <laughs> yeah. just out there. It's also covered in moldy leather. Yeah. <laughs> um, she probably offers to clean that. She probably offers to clean it for you. Why do you want to clean my skull? She faints. <laughs> Is she all right? Uh, oh, oh I my. believe you oh. may have shocked her, Faleth. How? Polite society is not so casual about skulls. People are weird. The other maid is sort of going to like help her up and get her out of the room, and she's like, "Just, just stay here. The yes, will will convene here, and I'm, I'm sure that." Uh, you'll have some time to discuss before before dinner starts. It should be soon. And then she quickly gets the other the maid that had fainted out of the room and away from this source of possibly now abject terror. Okay. <laughs> She'd be real upset if Mem showed up, wouldn't she? If she's this upset just about the skull. Well, given that none of us can see your mother, perhaps not. Oh, she does fun poltergeisty stuff sometimes when she's feeling like a bitch. I'm aware. I know. It's funny. Must be a regional thing. I swear, like, I've been through a few noblemen's studies in my time, and it seems like a skull on the bookshelf is nearly a staple. Maybe they're just not used to it as a fashion accessory. I think it's probably the moldy part that she's got a problem with. She seems to have a thing for mold. Hmm... You know, we could probably, if I can get a spare bit of cloth, if they're able to make a whole... He looks at Corey and tries to identify exactly what kind of clothing he'd describe that as. If they're able to make a whole outfit in this amount of time, I'm sure they could make like a, a cozy or something for it. Hmm. Anyway. A cozy. <laughs> I suggest that if we want Phyllis' mother to remain dormant. The less interaction we have with the skull, the better. The worst poltergeisting she ever did, as I recall, was when I tried to wrap the skull more fully. That's because she doesn't like you. But she also doesn't like this house, though she might be less upset about it now that the uh, flamey skull thing is gone. Is she around? She's a bit around, but she's keeping her distance. Yeah, she doesn't like it here, so... She's unlikely to play tricks if she's not in a good mood. So after a little bit of time, there is a polite rap on the door, and it is opened by Gerard. He stands there and says, Dinner will be quite soon. I must ask, as I do not know, have, have you previously been to... Similar functions. I do not wish to give the Lady Alicia a fright. I cannot speak for my companions. I have dined at the homes of minor nobles. Um, but I was not raised in a very civilized part of the world. I had a haggis at a farmhouse once. Does that count? I've watched a few gatherings, but I can't say I've ever been on the guest list. 
where I am from, my parents might have been considered nobility, and thus I do have some experience. You're a prince, Melian. You never told me that. You prince may be overstating it. I'm full of surprises. He also sort of raises an eyebrow and looks you up and down. <laughs> well, here are a few rules. And then he begins to speak very quickly and provide you a whole bunch of different rules of which fork is used for what dish, when to use a napkin, when to not, that uh, water that is scented is not for drinking, it's for cleaning of hands. And he just begins to go through this like whole list, and for those of you that have never been to the, a fancy dinner, it's probably overwhelming. Oh, Faileth almost immediately stopped listening. Mm-hmm, that's what I expected. And then as he draws to the end, he goes, Please follow me. And he begins to lead you through the house, and he leads you to a larger room that has a nice longer table set up in it, uh, as well as a burning hearth. And around this room are various paintings. Uh, it looks like various portraits of different family members, and a few busts, and a few servants are there to pull out chairs as you sit down. And then says that we will be introducing the Lord and Lady shortly. I do ask, when we have when they have seated themselves, it may be best for you to introduce yourselves individually. Do, do we need to stand when they enter, or...? Do he we... sort of raises an eyebrow as if, weren't you listening when I told you? No, you do not. You are guests here. Right. And after a few more minutes, as you're sort of left sitting and waiting for them. Corey contemplates the place sitting in front of them. Uh, Melian very carefully unfolds the napkin, places it on his lap where it's supposed to go, uh, then actually adjusts the cutlery so that it fits his shoulder width, which they should have done in the first place, and then tuts a little when he has to move stuff around. You see Gerard out of the corner of his eye sort of, like, narrow, then his eyes widen a bit, and then his, like, eyes narrow, but he looks across the room. <laughs> Oops, I got someone in trouble. They correctly did Kawari, but that's because <laughs> they saw how big she was. <laughs> I mean, Kawari is obvious. I can imagine that there's a, a space where clearly there was two chairs, where there is now a single chair. <laughs> <Just>. <laughs> And I'm fairly sure it's not even the same type of chair that the rest of you are on. <laughs> they've clearly like they've clearly like oh. stuck a back on an ottoman, like just... <laughs> <laughs> something like that. It does look a bit out of place. He often regards the whole setup a little bit forlornly. Just uh, if uh, if old Boffin's here, he'd be oh, just right clapping. You would have enjoyed this, I think. Who? Ah, an old friend. Passed, a, passed some time ago. He was always... Um, oh, this was this was almost a hobby of his, was studying how the old woman acted, how they went about. 
he found every opportunity he could to get into these sorts of golden shoe events. You have golden shoes? It's a turn of phrase in the city where I come from. It was, uh, you know, where, you know, where the wealthy go to click heels. Ooh, do we have to click our heels? I don't think I've ever done that. Uh, she stands up and starts practicing heel clicking. Yovan uh, goes to correct her, and, and then you... as Faileth, d- oh, important question. And as you move to correct, Does yes, that, did her outfit include shoes? Because I'm pretty sure I established earlier that she did not wear any today. Yes. It did include some small shoes that it probably had like two or three different sets of shoes, but you did fit into at least one of them. Okay, and so that she's uh, clicking her heels and like shaking her head for uh, sadly at the shoes. And as you're clicking your heels and Yovin sort of probably like is half rising to like try and say something or to get Lith to stop. The door opens uh, and you hear Gerard say The Lord Preston Buchanan Lord of the Northern Dwemer Marshes Master of Thimbleton and the Lady Alicia Ardo Buchanan, Lady of the Eastern Forest of Cranor, and Mistress of the Northern Dwemer Marshes. And uh, Preston and a rather beautiful lady uh, walk into the room. Uh, They take their seats. Uh, Preston is dressed quite similarly to uh, Jovan now, uh, but it does seem a bit fancier. Uh, He has a sort of an evening jacket over top. and uh, the Lady Alicia, on the other hand, uh, is in almost the exact same, but scaled up in size, dress as Faileth. Oh, look, we match! Hello! She smiles. Hello, my name's Alicia. What's your I'm Faileth. Hi, Alicia. You're very pretty. So refreshing. You remind me of some of the friends that my little Hector would play with. And then she sort of frowns and a sad expression passes over her face. And as that happens, uh, Preston uh, sort of looks at you and says, at all of you, and says, Thank you. Thank you for being able to stay for dinner. And I hope that you have found that the clothing provided was suitable. Uh, I hope that this dinner can help to repay for some of the kindness that you've shown me. As well as a few other small gifts and perhaps a proposition that I have. 
But first, I would like to introduce my wife, the love of my life, my Alicia. And he sort of gestures to her. Uh, the Lady Buchanan is probably in her late 20s, early 30s, uh, with black hair that goes uh, probably down to about her uh, halfway down her back. Uh, and she seems, uh, in a way, almost a bit country, but at the same time, country that has adapted to city and eloquence. It's a pleasure to meet you. We've heard much about you. Your husband speaks of you often. She looks at him with a smile. But there's also a tightness in her eyes as she does. Sensing the lapse in conversation, Melian moves on with the introductions. I am Melian Barebone. It is a pleasure to make your acquaintance. Lately, the son of Senna Bigcoat. However, I have been exiled. And so, I find myself here. Corey gives Melian a curious look. Having just learned that he has been exiled. He sort of raises an eye. He, uh, Preston raises an eye and says, Do you hail from beyond the Reach? Which, you know, is the northern mountains that separate the kingdom of Westmark uh, from Real uh, and the northern areas, which is, which is where the uh, Shifter tribes are. Indeed, though I have not been back for many a moon. You certainly are full of surprises. Now you hold himself back from saying he don't know half of it. <laughs> <laughs> I have a really important question for Cass. Yes. You said Thimbleton. Mm-hmm. As I in did not stutter. Where I was imprisoned? Yes, if you remember correct, didn't uh, a certain priest go to town to obtain uh, Bull's signature to get you free? Yeah. I did not realize I was so close to that area. Um, Thimbleton is a decent chunk away. Um, let's just say that the territory of the Dwemerlands is rather big um, it is a and Thimbleton is in the like the northeastern corner up by the uh, Twin Falls Peak by uh, the Twin Falls and the lake up there so it's a prosperous area but wow. uh, a decent chunk and considerable and distance away ugh <sighs> That's uh, 
awkward. I'm Jovan Cooperson, raised in the Abbey of True Solace, uh, a ways south of here, by the two lakes. Recently a citizen of your fine town. I'll ask you how you like this town, and what changes you have seen about it. But I sense that there is another introduction, and perhaps uh, the young Amiss has more to say than just her name. Oh, um, okay. I'm Felix, and I'm from nowhere, and I don't know my last name. And I don't know my mother's name, and I don't know my father's name, but... Oh, you poor orphan. Oh, no, that's all right. And the... I, I mean, I still know my mother. She just never told me her name. Oh. Well... She died when I was five, so... Oh, you poor orphan child. <laughs> Technically, my father might still be alive. I just don't think I've ever met him, and I don't know where we come from, so I don't know if he's still there or if he's... I mean, I don't think he's from where I'm from, because he's not an elf, because I'm pretty sure I'm only half-elf, which means since my mother was an elf, my father can't be an elf. But I don't know who he is, so he could be alive somewhere. Who knows? Maybe someday I'll find him. She sort of looks taken aback and Preston looks like he almost wants to start laughing <laughs> and all heads turn to you Kwari my name is Kwari Anakalathi Bostukbase I have been many places and I'm not sure that I can say I am particularly from anywhere but I have I think by now spent the most time in the Abbey of Truce's Solace, although I did spend some time around the area of Thimbleton. Ah. Well, uh, it it may be small, but it is quite prosperous. Uh, it, a considerable amount of the stone that was used to build uh, buildings here in Dwemer Hollow was actually transported by river from Thimbleton. I'm surprised I didn't recognize it. He sort of frown, does a, a little bit of a half frown, but as he does, the first course comes in, and dinner begins. As the dinner unfolds, uh, a little bit of conversation goes by, and are there any questions particularly that you guys would like to ask throughout the course of dinner? I remember that there was something about a fork, but I can't remember if it's that I'm not supposed to use the fork, or if I'm supposed to use all the forks. Melian will walk Phelan through As she holds it. all the forks in one hand. Like, do I, do I use them all at the same time? No, Phelan. Each course <laughs> has its own specific fork. I will show you which one to use. Now place them all back then on the table in this order. The smallest. Oh, that's right. You're a prince. Then the I next. So, Melian, you uh, give Faileth an etiquette lesson that maybe will sink in, probably won't. Um, oh, definitely. I see this. Oh, it's not an etiquette lesson. He's just going to give her step by step instructions as they eat. Now it's Quarry this one. is relieved because they'll be watching closely <laughs> to what instructions you give Faileth. Uh, 
Melian is perceptive enough to notice that everyone is paying attention, so he'll be somewhat obvious uh, in his instructions to Faelith so that everybody can catch on to what is the appropriate uh, utensil for each course. Melian, you know everything. Excellent. So, my lord, um, I don't suppose you're familiar with anything to do with the Iltharians. I don't know if we mentioned it, but the metals that the objects were found to be made out was a of an Altharian blend, and the runes that we have discovered are written in an Altharian script. I wonder if there's any scholars of that old race that we might turn to. Scholars? Quite possibly. There are a few various professors and archaeologists around. Uh, I'm not necessarily the most knowledgeable. I do know that the Lady Gessa has recently uh, bankrolled a expedition uh, in her lands, which are to the east. Uh, they're near the they're near the town of Barrowmans. Uh, she controls most of the eastern section of the Dwemer of the sorry of the the Darkling Woods. And. But I'm sure that yeah, whatever her scholars are going, and archaeologists are going to bring back is something simply for her to sell. Uh, have you perhaps tried uh, speaking with the anyone from the, the auction house? Mm, he was the one that was able to identify the script who had found his Altharian. I think I mentioned him in passing uh, when we first explained the situation as we understood it to you. I could understand if it was perhaps lost. It was perhaps a bit overwhelming. If uh, if we were back in Thimbleton, uh, we actually, in our quarries, have previously come across various artifacts uh, in relation to the Iltharan Empire. Uh, but... Perhaps, uh, if, if you wrote a letter, I could have it sent to uh, an acquaintance... Uh, mine that does live in my lands. Yeah, maybe you... He might be able to perhaps shed some light or give you some help. I do know that across all of our beautiful land, there are many small ruins and such that crop up from time to time. You'll hear of uh, farmers out in their fields tilling or uh, clearing a new section and... Quite often, small objects will be discovered, or burial sites. I would appreciate that, my lord. I, I, I have a hunch that these items were crafted, not found. And there are so very few that can work the metal. And it might allow us to narrow it down, especially considering how distinctive the shape is. What else have you found out? I don't know what we wrote down when we initially, um, how much we explained to him when we first came to the, before we... Yeah, I'm blanking on how much we told him already. Like, I know I know we filled in roughly some of the details that we got from the auction house, but not... We've had rather exciting and busy days, so any refresher that you could give me would be 
quite quite helpful. Right. So the so the individual behind it all is still unknown. Their motives are unknown. Uh, the purpose or end goal is unknown. But we know some something about the state of their current plan. It's tied into the missing children and potentially into the guardians thereof, that their parents or caretakers, and somehow involves the armament of the, the guards, which leads it all back to Jasper Quint. He's a man I would love to sit down and have a conversation with, though it might be dangerous to do so. We know that the, the weapons that he's been selling carry creatures within them, elementals, I think. Creatures of ice. Um, we reckon that at some point the weapons are set to shatter and release them, though there might be something more subtle planned that we are unaware of. Somehow it's all tied to a series of runes and inscriptions across the city at the sites of all the disappearances. Parts that, according to the expert at the auction house, all tie together into a greater whole, all pieces of a circle that encompasses the entirety of the city, with a distinctive center. He couldn't speculate as to the purpose of it, but it's surely nothing beneficial. It's sinister. And we would seek to stop it and know why it is being done. Of that we are most certainly in agreement. But you raise two distinct things. The disappearance, the children, and these weapons. Are you sure that they are connected? Two plots like these, independent of one another, is unlikely. There, We haven't found a definitive connection between the two, except for... The metal are the same. The metal is the same. The Even mysterious metal not found in very many places. Um, query. Did I say the metal was the same? Because if I remember correct, I said that the swords were... No, the, the stuff uh, inside... Just plain iron. No, the stuff inside. The, the cold... The stuff that becomes more cold, the hotter you make it. No, inside so, the swords was what we thought was ice, and then it turned into those mysterious creatures. But there wasn't... Look, I'm not saying that, that I made a correct assumption. I'm saying no. Melian has decided that the metal inside the swords... And the metal the things are made of are the same. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay, sorry. In, in that case, Quarry will say, I don't believe there was any metal found inside the swords. There was the ice substance, which turned into the creatures we fought. But it wasn't a metal. As far as I know, there is no concrete evidence that there is a link between the weapons and the disappearances of the children. Just the coincidences about Jasper Quent. Malian gets a very perplexed look on his face and goes, Then why again are we investigating the weapons? There is one That's connection. That's what I've been seeing! And it's the gentleman we're speaking to today. The one involved in stopping the weapons from being disseminated among guards and the one who has had his son stolen from him. And I will remind everyone the other connections are that 
Jasper Quent has his warehouse by the dock, and the dock is the place where the boat comes once every new moon when the child disappears. And that Mirabelle's father died working on while he was working on Jasper Quent's no, wait. He was working on two projects. One was the old Penner house, which has been purchased by Jasper Quent, and the other was a new house being built in the Nobles District. Well, I will say again, Paladin, that if you find it worth investigating, I am willing to investigate as long as the girl is still involved. What am I involved in? At the moment I we have... I was I was playing with the forks and sorry, was I supposed to be listening? We are following the paladin for now. Oh Faileth. Yeah. Yeah, that's fine. Corey always knows what she's talking about. At the moment we don't have enough information on the disappearances of the children to know specifically what is needed next. So we are gathering what information we can and as we in sought to investigate the disappearance of the children, we have incidentally uncovered this information about the weapons, which is another threat which does need to be addressed and may or may not be linked to the missing children. But given this, the number of coincidences, it seems possible that there is a connection. In either case, both represent a threat to the city. And we can't say yes. for sure which one of the two is the one that brought us all here to the city together. He has. He looks like he's been taking this in, as well as the lady uh, has been taking this in. Just with sort of pensive faces looking, and they sort of look at each other a bit. And then he nods, and she looks you all and says regarding the children we perhaps can provide a missing piece we would be most interested to hear now we must have that you will swear to the utmost secrecy regarding this Yovan's going to cast a long look at uh, Faileth. Um, Outside this room, I am known as a barbarian. My words will not carry far. Nor will the girls. Oh yeah, I can't be very... I mean, I don't think that's entirely true. I can be very loud. They can carry a long way. However... We know... For myself, I will undertake that so long as my silence will harm no one, I will keep it. As so with the... She... Yeah, she then looks at Jovan. As so with the paladin, and as with me. And then she looks back to Melian, who, looks, who got interrupted. Ah, however... Uh, I don't remember what I was going to say. Well, she will segue from there into what she was about to tell you. 
we do know how Hector disappeared. We do know, at least inside the house, how he was taken. I thought it was a nightmare. A fever dream. I thought I'd gone mad. And she begins to take you back approximately one month ago. She begins to explain that the maids had put Hector to bed and she had peeked her head in and said goodnight to him. She'd kissed him on the forehead and then she joined her husband. Preston had sat up reading for a time and then they'd both gone to sleep. And then she remembers waking up. Preston was sitting upright in bed, his skin cold to the touch. And where his eyes should have been were simply two pinpricks of glacial blue light. Her husband had seemingly been taken over by something. He'd risen from the bed, Even as she called to him and tried to get in his way, he simply pushed her aside, unlistening, unhearing. She then followed him as he walked up to Hector's room, opened the door. When Hector had sat up in bed and called out for for who was there, and then seeing that it was his father, she could remember the smile that had passed on his face. And then Preston had opened the window. As Preston had started to walk towards the bed, Alicia had tried to impose herself between them. But Preston had simply backhanded her, sending her sprawling where she'd fallen she'd briefly blacked out in the blackout she surmises that the commotion had been heard and that the guards had come running because when she came to the decapitated head of a guard was laying at her feet, and another guard was slumped dead on the floor. In Preston's arms, Hector was wrapped in his blanket, struggling, trying to get out. And the last thing that she remembers seeing that night before she succumbed again to unconsciousness was Preston toss Hector out the window to a robed figure. Hector's window is on the second floor. When she'd awoken, 
The next morning, she'd awoken in her bed. There was no trace of the two guards, and her husband had no memory of it. He still has no memory of it. But since seeing the dead and learning more, he had begun to actually believe her. That is a terrible thing to have witnessed, my lady. I don't wish to cause you any distress, but may we ask you questions? Yes. Um, Preston looks a bit uncomfortable, um, and he looks and says, Please do not bring her to tears. We are hopeful that perhaps with this information it might help you to find Hector, to bring our son home. Well, some of my initial questions are, I hope, easy. My first question is, um, we found an object sewn into the bed curtains on the bed upstairs that your husband was sleeping in the night that he was taken over. Do you know if anyone had recently repaired the bed curtains? Anything that might have, uh, that you might remember that would help us place when the object was placed there? Why, I do believe... Yes, yes, yes. Uh, I do believe that Tessa had done some work on the curtains. Tessa? Uh, yes, she is no longer employed with us. Um, I should have mentioned. Uh, she was the young lady that we had watching over Hector. A sort of personal maid or a, a nanny. Uh, what became of her? She... And she sort of actually looks at Preston, and Preston looks and says, Until today, I did not believe that what my wife was saying had any grain of truth to it. It seemed like a fanciful fever dream. A nightmare to explain the disappearance of Hector and to push blame away in any way, shape, or form. I thought that the girl perhaps was buying in to what my wife had said in the hopes of some gain, and so I... I Ashamed to say, but I did turn her out onto the streets. What was it that she did that led you to believe that she was buying into your wife's story? (laughs) 
You have to believe me that what my wife said, it sounded pure insanity. Not having any prior knowledge of perhaps the nuances of the other disappearances or that someone could be floating and at the window on the second story or that someone could take control of another. But magic is real. Yes. You know that. Why would you not believe her? Yes, but... Because magic like that is the stuff of tales. Magic like that, it would have to be exceptionally rare. And why would something like that ever happen here? So, I am ashamed to say, but I turned her out into the street. I am sure that Gerard kept tabs on her to some extent. And perhaps she... Perhaps she may know more. She was sleeping in a small room adjoined to Hector's. If you don't mind me asking, Raisha, do you know why it might have been that you were able to resist the enchantment that had been placed upon you? Do you carry wards on your person? Do you perhaps have elven ancestry? Um, each night I, d- I do uh, say a litany of prayers to a each of the triadrian. Um, I do not want to say perhaps that or even suggest that my piousness may have protected me. Uh, I cannot, I do not think so. I can't think of any particularly, any reason I would have. Uh, but uh, what side of the bed did you find this on? Yes. What side of the bed did we find this on? You found it on the left. I found it on the left. <laughs> uh, Preston sleeps on the left side of the bed. So perhaps it was just... Proximity? Was placed quite close to the head. Perhaps it has a limited range. But in that one house it was in the man's coat. And he says he hadn't worn that coat in a while. But when did his child go missing? I don't know. With this bit of information... Well, we'll be able to ask better questions. Perhaps it... Perhaps we could ask him if he was wearing it the night that his daughter disappeared. I'm fairly sure that you guys asked questions like that. Oh. um, Or something similar to that. It may have not been that exact one, but you got the distinct impression that he could not tell you. Um, mm. But that he thought he had been wearing that coat probably around that time of year. Right. Also, I'm not sure if the doll that we'd found, if she'd started actually keeping it in her bed until after the child gone missing. It would be a little bit strange for the mother to sleep with the child's doll before. I she think she said that she had been, like she had it whether her daughter had given it to her that night. Yeah, that's right. Okay. Which is interesting because then, like, that was a real, like, real stretch there. So Melian will point out that it doesn't really matter whether it turns out that the thing was closest. We just know that uh, 
it seems the parents are being used in the abductions without any memory of it. Uh, and I think it is safe to assume that with the lack of witnesses, we'll never be able to prove that's what happened. But that, that I mean, that seems fairly self-evident at this point. It seems so needlessly elaborate. We had thought that it was a sleep spell, and that would seem to be sufficient, just putting them to sleep and have, if a robed figure is able to fly up to the second story, surely they can simply enter the window and take the child. Maybe they have to be invited or something. They can't just come in. You'd turn to Cora? Cass, what do I know about creatures that need to be invited into the house? Vampire. I mean, I was thinking, but is that a thing? You know that there are lots of different superstitions regarding vampires, including the fact that they do need to be invited in. But you've also heard the same about a couple other types of undead as well. And some fey creatures even perhaps need to be invited in or mm. just won't cross doors because that's just a rule. Fey creatures are also known for stealing <laughs> then... children. Pardon? I was going to say, like, fey creatures are also known for stealing children. Not to be throwing shade on changelings, but... I mean... I think Quarry would just say, while some undead do not enter... Uh, buildings unless they are invited some fey creatures too I believe but it may just be as simple as it is much easier to break into a house when the occupant lets you in for lack of a better word and hands you the thing you want Indeed, the lady sort of just looks at you and says the amount of sadness the amount of fear of anger despair that I have felt since Hector has disappeared. The fact that they used my own husband. I'm just so glad that we're moving forward. And that I hope that you will be able to find my baby boy. Indeed, we will find those responsible. And I will end them. With the progress I've made over the just the past two days, I would be surprised if, well, if we didn't find more concrete answers within the week. Well, and with that, I know that you've said that you're following up on this personally. I wonder if you will enter into my employ to continue this quest. I hope that uh, the offer that I wish to present you with is one that you will agree is reasonable. I know that you began investigating this, the, at least the disappearances of the children, for some reason or another you have alluded to it. And as such, I wish to make an offer to you in a more official capacity, to perhaps uh, have you enter my employ to continue this search. What I can offer that is that I do have a modicum of influence here, and I do not believe that such good work should not be compensated for. 
and he'll sort of make a, a gesture, and Gerard will come over with a uh, a small bag, uh, and he will place it on the table, and uh, Preston will sort of motion to it and say, For what help you have already done so far, I hope that this sum will be reasonable. Um, I also... Uh, the clothing that I've provided you. Please, keep it. It will allow you, perhaps, to move in the higher circles much easier, as I am sure that if truly these weapons are filled with monsters of some kind, and considering that the council did move equip the guards with them, I wouldn't be surprised if there is some corruption within the council, and perhaps knowledge of what is to come. It will be of vital importance that we can keep them, keep the council, or the other members of the council, that is, at least, to not expect as much from you. I also, though, did note uh, amongst your various gear that it did not look perhaps that it would be most suitable for a winter in the Dwemerlands and so I have put an order in for a very, for winter gear to be brought here for you to continue with this, this employ I would most assuredly pay you I was thinking, perhaps, that uh, a sum, modest sum of uh, 500 gold pieces may be suitable, at least for the next yes, short the while, to see how far you get in this investigation. Well, like you said, we're going to be doing this anyway, we'll so you. why are you going to pay us to do something we were already going to do? What's in it for what you? Do you mean, what's, what's the, the catch? Well... I most certainly must say that I am one of, I am the only noble that voted against bringing in Quent, and since then I have a considerable amount of power that I have previously exercised has been. I didn't lost understand not any word. of that. It has not been exercised, and in the vacuum of not exercising it, perhaps it will be harder to do so. If, <laughs> let's just say that if I can say that the heroes that saved Dwemer Hollow, that ended the threat, that brought the children home, are closely acquainted or affiliated with myself, it will most certainly help with prestige. And. Oh, you want your story spread? Why didn't you say so? That's my whole thing. Why not? And he'll smile. <laughs> it is not quite that simple, Faileth. Because politics seldom are. It is a generous offer, but... Part of the reason why we have been as effective as we have is because we have some freedom to do things that, say, the guards could not, to take some liberties where we see fit. 
if we were to carry your reputation upon us. We might put it at jeopardy in the course of our mission. That is quite possible. <laughs> Melian looks very offended. Excuse me. I'm not going to bring up the fact that we drugged a guard. Uh, sorry, clobbered a guard, stole his things, uh, and left him in a brothel. Yeah, but nobody knows we did that. <laughs> we did that. So, um, I, I think the more the more active one would be in the um, roughing up the rug merchant on the docks. That's not really. Uh, we were very circumspect. <laughs> That's all I'm saying. <laughs> From my perspective, you have obtained the only real leads to what is going on. And this city, it is my home. It may not be built on lands that I own, or that I call myself master of. But it is most assuredly my home. It is where I raise my family. And it is where a considerable amount of my interests are. Another way to put this is... This need not be a public arrangement until perhaps you have concluded your investigations. Such... Small things, perhaps, can be overlooked with the greater good that is done. That was going to be my suggestion, that if we do agree to this alliance, that perhaps it would be wiser for you if you chose whether to claim association with us or not when, you, when we have seen this thing through. But for my part, I have a question. And I don't wish to be rude, but as you say, association goes a long way. And uh, one's reputation is closely tied to the reputation of one's allies. How do we know that associating with you is reputationally the correct choice. Oof. <laughs> <laughs> I do not wish to mean, I do not wish to be rude, but I am new here and I know very little of you or anyone in this town. I mean, we came to him. Yeah, but not to become his, uh, I don't know, paid employees. Essentially what Quarry's oh, saying, and probably very badly, is <laughs> like, if it turns out that you're like the head of the mafia, I don't want to have been working for you. Well, no, Faelith <laughs> doesn't, but Quarry does. Um, is anyone going to interject with what Quarry is saying? I was about uh, to say, uh, does Yovan know? What does Yovan know about um, the standing of Lord Buchanan within uh, the city? Lord Buchanan is so. When he said he has a modicum of power, um, he is probably 
the second most powerful noble in the city. The only noble that is more powerful is the High Magistrate, uh, who the lands surround, like of Dwemer Hollow and surrounding uh, Dwemer Hollow, technically, like, are belong. He is master of or governs. Um, and this is because uh, the Buchanan lands, which are to the northeast, um, the two things. The Buchanan lands themselves are quite prosperous. Uh, they bring in a lot of uh, taxes, and they have a lot of different uh, resource outputs. Uh, the alliance between Preston and Alicia's families sort of unites two lands that are up in that area, making that the land that's controlled even bigger. And so... To an extent, yeah. if, like, pretty much, if something happened to the Magistrate, he'd be the next person that's in charge. And the Magistrate isn't even actually, like, necessarily a noble noble. They are someone appointed by uh, the Queen back in Ogdenfell. Yeah, you'll you will interject, I think. Just... Melian isn't going to interject, but he will uh, quickly eat whatever's left on his plate and then do that like <laughs> stretch where he's sort of got his hand near the hilt of his permanently shield-sheathed sword at the moment, just in case a fight breaks out. And also, he if they get kicked out, he's already eaten. It's <laughs> <laughs> probably a good idea. Practical. Uh, Yuvan will, will, will pipe up. Quarry, uh, please. Uh, and turn to the lord... You'll have to forgive my companion. Um, her igno his ignorance as to the politics of the city is one of her strengths. Many their. times, it allows their their strengths. It allows them to see with fresh eyes. Um, but perhaps it was not quite so useful here. I can vouch for the Lord Buchanan. He is a proud sponsor as we could have possibly hoped for. I will absolutely take your word, Jovan, and I forgive if I have offended. I have never pretended to have any gift for diplomacy, and I seek only to ensure that I, in my own ignorance, do not stumble and bring disrepute upon the church, for there are enough that do that already. No offense... <laughs> Forgive my ignorance, Paladin, but would your church indeed uh, hold you to blame for the actions of another? You have, Ooh, I, I have. It's not suspect great. never encountered the Solarian. In they position. tried to hang me one time. There are quite a few stories. Melian, oh. you may. Yeah, Melian, you may have actually run across them in saving Faileth. These are... Th think of, like, really heavy-duty, very hateful witch hunter-style paladins um, of the same faith as Quarry. Just the more I'll burn everything at the stake and I'll probably torch the town, too. And there wasn't anyone bad there. There just was a rumor that there was. Ah, I am familiar with their type. I have just made enough of your acquaintance not to associated with them. I appreciate that. That is a high compliment indeed. Though, 
Please don't ever tell them I said that. You can be assured no offense has been taken. It's quite refreshing, actually, to have people here that don't fawn or manipulate or push. I feel that we can speak much more candidly. So, the sum on the table there is some 200 gold for what you have already done, including dispatching the undead that came about here. I hope that you will also be rather quiet about that. That has not... Uh, I, I do not think that that would be best uh, to find its way out from beyond these walls. But if you will enter into my employ, uh, we can most certainly see to also further patronage that may help you in whichever ways may be best suited for your investigation. And I do know of that well, there are other members of the council that I may not wish to associate myself with or may think perhaps are more likely to be those that may have some associational connection to Quent and these weapons. There are others that I do count as close friends that I'm sure that should your investigation prove fruitful may also be quite excited to find capable individuals in search of employ. Mr. Lord, can I ask you a question? Yes, young one. Why didn't you want Quint's weapons? If everyone else voted for it, how come you're the only one who didn't? I believe that tradition and buying locally are important. It is important to be able to bolster the trade of your own region. Thimbleton and my lands surrounding it have been built up mostly because of trade interactions nearby. Bring in goods to build it up, but also leveraging the resources and skills and knowledge of those there. Here in Dwemer Hollow, we have fantastic smiths, and now they can barely purchase metal. Their guild is in shambles. To be honest, this is an economic blow. I know that the... well, what I will say is that the contract that was put forward and the ideas that were floated past the council, they also seem too good to be true. Prices that made no sense at all. And now... It makes sense. But, while I spoke up against it, others attested to it. Said that they'd had past business dealings with Quent. That he had an apparatus, uh, uh, or a mercantile scheme that would allow him to bring weapons in at a much uh, lower rate than what we would be able to obtain locally. And... Eventually, my voice fell on deaf ears. Do you think they were telling the truth? It's quite possible, uh, though I will say that uh, one or two, perhaps, may not have been uh, the 
of the best recent luck. Yet, have recently found coin enough to be able to repurchase things for their estates. Can you tell us who were the most ardent supporters of this scheme? Why, yes. The city council, it's made up of seven members. One is the high magistrate. He also exists as a tiebreaker, <coughs> where his vote would uh, put a put the council into a position of a tie. His vote instead counts for two to break the tie. Uh, as is befitting a individual appointed by the queen. I myself sit on the council. Uh, though in my stead, were I to be indisposed, my wife would sit on the council for me. A close friend who I've spoken of, the Lady Adelaide Gessa, uh, she sits on the council. Uh, she did not have any particular alignment towards Quent and his weaponry or not. She was more of a neutral individual, wanting what was best for the town, but also recognizing what she saw as a good bargain. Of the nobles that were most aligned, Lord Marin Albank and the Lord Oberon Mactier. The two of them, uh, both their families and have fallen a bit more on harder times, their lands are not as prosperous, say, as my own or the Lady Gessas. And they as such are perhaps more open or I do not wish to speak disparagingly or to make conjecture but I do know that uh, Lord Albank was going to lose his manor shortly that it was going to be repossessed by certain debtors and they were quite quickly paid off following the as purchase of Quentin's My weapons. people would refer to it as being vulnerable to monetary influence. You and your people most certainly have a way with words. Thank you. On the council, aside from them, there is Lord Lydenfaith. He comes... He is very rarely in Dwemer Hollow and quite often instead has a uh, individual sit in for him, a trusted advisor or friend um, whose name is Remelwyn uh, sit in for him and then uh, representing the merchant class uh, Master Zadok Marsh the owner of the cideries surrounding Dwemer Hollow and a quite a successful merchant he, along with myself, were the most ardent voices against Quent's weapons in the beginning. But, well, to be honest, he wasn't there when it was passed. Perhaps his voice would have also spoken out against, but he has not been seen for a few. He has not exactly left his family orchards for the past few months. Is that uncommon? He's quite old. Would his voice have potentially swayed the vote? Quite possibly. 
in our case, there was no tie, and the magistrate agreed to it. And so it was. My lord, has Master Marsh left his home since this vote occurred? I can't say. Honestly, the council has been very quiet. Meetings mostly have been cancelled. And... Who chooses to cancel the meetings? Usually I will receive a missive saying that they have been cancelled and it is signed and stamped by the... signed and sealed by the High Magistrate. Is he a trustworthy sort? Yes, most assuredly. Cornelius Montbank, uh, he is the current High Magistrate of Dwemer Hollow. He is a fair and quite judicious man, with a strong sense of justice. When not sitting on the council, uh, he oversees the workings of the court and the administrative sections, sectors of the city. He officially is an agent of the crown, though I have also heard that he has had poor health, and he has not been leaving his estates regularly either. Perhaps these two are individuals that we should inquire further about. It seems odd that they... Well, perhaps not in the case of Master Marsh, if he is quite old, but... Would you to be say honest, that... had Marsh, myself, both been there, I am sure that we could have swayed, persuaded uh, Adelaide and the Magistrate. I don't mean to alarm you, but there is some possibility that he has come to harm. That is what I was thinking, some reason that his health is poor. Would it be of any benefit to someone, perhaps, with a nefarious intent in the city, to have the council meet less frequently? I'm afraid... Quite possible. I'm ignorant of what goes on at these sorts of meetings. I, I'm not aware of what business you may transact that would be of inconvenience to those with a nefarious intent. We pass any laws in relation to additional levies or taxes for goods going in and out of the city, as well as uh, ensuring that the laws that have been passed down by the Queen. We also meet, or we did meet, uh, to ensure that we kept a pulse on how the city was faring, and on if there were any movements or rumors of separatists. Actually, that's quite alarming. What is alarming, my lord? I can't... Every meeting that has been cancelled, if I remember correct, has had on the docket for discussion any recent reports received. 
And it has been delayed. And he, there's sort of this look of fear that creeps into his expression. You know, in the case that the council cannot convene, instead a report is done to any lord that is currently present, or any member that is currently present at the time. So, if the magistrate were not there, and I were not there... Oh no. It is quite possible. And this I... I, I say with the utmost concern. As you point out, Lord Meryn, uh, Meryn and Oberon, Lord Elbank and Lord Mactir are most influenced, mon uh, vulnerable monetarily. Their lands are also the most... How do I put, uh... Restless. Restless and least. Loyal. Yes. Perhaps the least loyal to the crown. I've been, at least over this past month, so concerned with Hector that I hadn't even thought that. And these meetings have been cancelled before then. <sighs> While I understand that may be of concern to you, it has no impact on the disappearance of the children. No, most assuredly. Your... You should be... Look towards the disappearance of the children. If you can get to the bottom of that, and perhaps shed more light on this weapon-related plot, I can only hope we will get to the bottom of this, and while you are doing that, I will most certainly begin to seek out if there are any traces of what those reports entailed. I fear that something nefarious is afoot. In... Something that... I, I apologize, my lord. Something that may take all Perhaps weave all three of these lines together. In the event of a separatist uprising, I assume it would be the guard that would defend the crown and the crown's interests. Yes. And should their weapons suddenly turn upon them, as it were? As you say. Exactly as you say. It is concerning. It would be quite concerning and devastating. In fact, if I am correct, the entire armory of Fort Ardwald was replaced as well. Which means that there would be no soldiers here that do not have those weapons. And therefore we likely would be sitting, sitting ducks lambs to a slaughter until the queen could exert influence and bring the ar her army over the mountain. I assume that is a long delay. We're talking weeks, if not months. The paladin and I would be more than a match for rabble, <laughs> such as you describe. 
I am glad to know that. Uh, my soldiers here do not have, and my soldiers here and those that defend my lands in the north do not have weapons from Quent. I did not turn over mine, so it is quite possible that personal soldiers to the other nobles may also not have from have Quents. But what became of the weapons that were replaced? be honest, I actually uh, can't recall off the top of my head. Uh, likely there is documentation of what decision was made uh, back in the council, at least in the archives and records there. Well, it seems at the very least that it would be wise to track these down and see that they are accessible in, uh, in, should, should the worst um, occur as we suspected may. The problem won't just be that their weapons no longer function, as that now defenseless guards will be swarmed by the creatures that we faced. There may not be guards left to wield the weapons, even if we find the untainted cache. That is a very good point, Yovan. They were... Well, uh... What a difficult fight, but, um... If there were enough of them, if you imagine all of those creatures that we fought came out of one one weapon and the guards are carrying perhaps more than one and the shields may did they replace the shields as well the crossbows the quent shop carried swords shields armor even arrows and to each my arrow knowledge had... they replaced the entire armory that is a terrifying prospect Ah, you underestimate yourself, Paladin. <laughs> I thank you, Melian, but I... When I think of how many weapons must be in this town that may be... traps. It is alarming. My lord, I would urge you to exercise caution when digging into this. It's clear that whoever's behind this, assuming it is one individual behind all three coincidences. Uh, they are well equipped to handle threats. I fear that if I were to begin to perhaps say throw around authority or weight, that it would likely cause considerable ripples and waves. At least those that would reach the other members of the council. Perhaps tipping off this mastermind that you dis that you allude to. As such, I certainly hope that you will take my offer as perhaps a lighter touch of those that do not appear on affiliated is a better course of action if time and opportunity allows it amidst your investigation of the children. Do we have... Um, and Quarry turns to Yovan. Connections within the city that may be able to gather information for us. We can't be everywhere at once, and there are some things, for example, the Separatists, that could be inquired into. I know not enough of the politics of this land by any stretch, but 
one of our previous theories was perhaps that the drawing of the symbols where the children are taken is extending the web of the potential spell that could be cast and that perhaps this spell once completed will release the creatures from the weapons and if this is all being done to assure the success of some sort of separatist uprising well there's a reason I pay Marin quite as well as I do finding somebody who you can vouch for the character of as thoroughly as I can vouch for his is rare to find for the most part I can point to a few that might not be connected simply because it would be uh, bizarre that they would be such as the smith that we spoke to Alan and Mm. the master of the herb shop but none that I would trust so deeply as to send seeking information and trusting entirely what they brought back yes I understand I also can't help but wonder, and this is pure... Elian's eyes bulge, and he slams his hand on the table. This is maddening. We must punch something soon. (laughs) Too many threads. I am afraid I have to agree with you, Melian. There are too many threads, and I have too many theories. There is... The reason I am here is because of some threat of necromancy and we found evidence of necromancy here with the guards in the garden and I shudder to think the the opportunity that an organized group would have should a city like this be left vulnerable with its its guards dead and it lack of weapons and complete lack of defenses it just brings back rather unpleasant memories of the blissful rebellion I will say there's some good news here if these theories are correct and the traps laid within the gear of the guards is meant to be unleashed only after the rebellion is active and at the doorstep perhaps we have a bit more time than we had thought. I had been concerned that the swords were likely to erupt at any moment, but we may yet have some breathing room that we didn't have before. I think now will be an excellent time to arm ourselves. I agree. And if Melian is keen to punch things, perhaps we can take Alan up on his offer. I reckon there'll be little information for us to uncover other than by questioning the other parents of the missing children until the ship sets sail. And that's not for another 48 hours at least. Actually... That should be tonight. Cass, don't do this to me. Oh, no. <laughs> I swore I put it down on the calendar. Okay, yeah, I absolutely fucked that up. That's fine. That's fine. 
um, Yovan new moon pauses. Does some mental arithmetic. Tomorrow. Begins tonight. Like the new tonight is the like. Actually, technically, I guess it's technically actually it's tomorrow night. Tomorrow night totally is tomorrow night because tonight is still the end. It's still a waning crescent. Okay, so we don't have forty-eight. We have twenty-four hours. Yeah. Or okay. But another thing to note is that the new moon lasts for approximately four days. Hmm. So it could be tomorrow. It could be... Three, four days from now. Yeah, yeah. okay. All right, uh, so, rolling back, well, we have at least 24 hours before the ship arrives at the dock, and I reckon we'll find little information till then, except for perhaps by questioning the children of the... Or, the parents of the missing children. <laughs> I think you are right, although there are some inquiries I would be interested to make into the well-being of the High Magistrate and Master Marsh. If my memory of the area doesn't fail me, I believe that the Marsh's estate is actually just along the other side of the forest. The Marsh Estate is to the south of Dwemer Hollow, uh, and the Darkling Forest is to the north and northeast. Oh, yeah, no, that, did I mention I was frazzled today? I'm absolutely <laughs> frazzled today. I am here to correct. It's entirely okay. All right, we'll just scrap that last bit. Hmm. Although, perhaps, I mean, it would be strange for us to go as a party to, to each of these individuals' homes with no reason other than to inquire after their health. If you have um, anyone who could listen for rumors or who could, uh, well, uh, see what they can find out through a non-invasive means of observation, perhaps it would be better to start there. In which case Perhaps I do not understand the politics of cities as well as I think, but would it not be quite in character for a property owner such as friend Jovan to inquire after uh, his interests with one of the council members, such as the Lord Marsh or the Magistrate? Cass? That's up to you. I mean, is it conventional, or would that just be weird? Is it like going to your MLA? Yeah. For maybe, like it would. So it sort of depends. What what um, interest does he have? <laughs> like, he owns a house on a street. True. Um, Perhaps mm -hmm. he has some questions about garbage delivery, mm -hmm. <laughs> or rem I suppose removal. <laughs> Maybe he's got a complaint about garbage delivery. Indeed. Look at these ra this rabble that has been delivered at his, to his door. <laughs> I imagine he'd have to have some reason to speak with that council member specifically. Like, he might go see the high magistrate if he had some concerns about how justice or administration were being carried out in the town. It might be business. So the Marsh Estate happens to own three of the prominent alehouses in the city. Mm -hmm. uh, the Last Cask, mm -hmm. the 
The best, best cask. cask. And the cask in the middle. The cask in the middle. Is it? Is that actually its name? Yes, legitimately. <laughs> it is the cask that is in the middle of the city. <laughs> I'm sure I could come up with some reason why I'd be interested in the business of one of those alehouses and seek to speak with the father rather than the child actually running the organi- uh, facility. Mm-hmm. Facility? Is facility with right? Yeah. Establishment? Yeah. Establishment's probably better, yeah. Anyways. Um, shouldn't take any time at all. It'd be uh, a quick detour, a ride out of the city. Uh, with 200 gold, I'm sure we can find ourselves. So. Transport. I think I have that's... a very pressing question. Yes, Philip? Is there dessert? <laughs> oh. Well, now that we have discussed my offer, uh, have we come to a consensus of agreement? I need to know the answer to my question first, because that is very much going to factor into my decision. <laughs> the lady sort of like puts her hands on the table right next to yours and leans down to whisper into your ear and she says, most certainly there would most certainly be dessert. Then I am in! You She's... are going to give the girl sugar again. Be it on your own heads. I'm lovely on sugar. I'm most gregarious. <laughs> Quarry will look at Lord Buchanan and say I would be honored. He smiles and then looks to Jovan. It seems the prudent choice. And then looks to Melian. Melian gives a long-suffering sigh. I am with the girl. You offered her sugar. Excellent. <laughs> Excellent. Then to our future endeavors. And then he'll sort of... And dessert! Raises a hand and a another a slew of a Desserts are brought in. <laughs> a slew of them? Yep. Oh, I love you. <laughs> this is the best thing that's ever happened to me. I'll work for you forever now, as long as it means I don't have to live here forever, because I don't like staying in one place for that long. <laughs> he smiles. <laughs> and uh, the Lady Alicia is like pointing out, this one's my favorite. Oh, the strawberry preserve from that is used in this one over here actually comes from some of the farms that are back in in my lands and she's just seems to be gushing over the fact that she has a child here that she can talk to and talk about uh Faleth is absolutely just basking in the motherly sort of attention and like um can I try a little bit of all of them of course <laughs> And the rest of the evening will go over uh, as such, unless you guys have any more specific questions. Probably, but none that I can think of, so. That's understandable. Uh, So, at the end of the night, uh, the Lord Buchanan has all of your stuff brought together. Um, He 
asks if you if there's an address that he can send the winter gear to, or if you'll come by again to be able to pick it up. I'll come by on my own time and collect it. Okay. I mean, I think we'll probably stop back to give him occasional updates. He yeah, nods. Yeah. And he thanks you. Uh, and he lets you guys go on your way. Quarry would like to orchestrate being like the last person to leave um, because they would like to say something to the Lord Buchanan. If that's Is anyone going to stop that? <laughs> no. Nada. No. My lord, I feel that I was rude this evening, uh, given my friend Jofen's reaction. And I wonder if you would indulge me in allowing me to provide an explanation. Please, you do not need to concern yourself. We are speaking just as individuals. I did not take any offense. No explanation is required. I appreciate that. When I was forced to leave uh, the land that I was raised in, I knew very little of the ways of this world that you live in. And I had the misfortune to make friends with someone who took advantage of my naivety, and uh, as a result, I was sentenced to work in a rock quarry. And I do try very hard to ensure that my ignorance is not something that gets me into trouble. And yet I, I seem to get myself into trouble anyway. He nods and says, we are all learning. We are all on a journey. And I am glad that our paths have crossed. Together, I am sure that we will get to the bottom of this. And I have faith that we will find my son. I believe that, that will, as well. That you. And the way he's saying you is sort of like you and everyone in the group. Mm -hmm. We'll bring him home. We shall certainly do our utmost. Thank you. May soul's light shine upon you. May soul's light illuminate your path and illuminate the way to my son. I bid you good night. Good night. So, now that you guys have left the Buchanan estate... Uh, it is late evening. Uh, what would you like to do? Would you like to go off and investigate something in the middle of the night? Um, or getting close to the, getting close to Stern, get towards the middle of the night? Or would you like to uh, head back to the house on Sapphire Lane, perhaps rest and begin again tomorrow morning? Uh, I've had so much sugar. I'm ready to explore the weird house, go into all the rooms, find all the magic things, jump on all the couches. It's going to be epic. It's going to be amazing. I'm going to find all the secrets. I'm going to find all the weird spiders. 
It occurs to me that perhaps we should have asked Lord Buchanan if there is some easy way for us to find out where all the children disappeared from. I suppose the guard know. Mm, I don't know if we might be able to convince one to share the information with us, but that's dicey. Yes. Jovan, do you have any suggestions how we could go about finding this? So far we have almost lucked into finding the homes of some of the missing children. I do retain a guard's uniform. I couldn't cause myself to appear as a guard and simply inquire. That was going to be my recommendation. Uh, failing that, we can always, I think in this, turn to the local church of Seoul. I'm, I'm sure that the mothers of these children have gone to pray. And... That is an excellent idea. But I think right. I'm more partial to having Melian uh, inquire with the guard directly. If we, we wait until later that. in the night, it should be more easy to simply inquire and have no one question my appearance. In the nobles district, uh, you do know that there's a brand new house that we've noticed. I've been meaning to inspect that as well, actually. Papa got a, a brand newly new constructed bag. building. You guys haven't walked around the noble district that much. Are you going? Do you want to walk around it later at later in the evening? An Go after for dinner a stroll. stroll. Yes. Well, we look rep, uh, reputable now, don't we? I mean, I'm wearing a curtain, so I'm <laughs> reputable as heck. You would have been probably given a chance to change if you wanted to. Oh it yeah, or right. I would definitely have changed back into their That armor. curtain goes right along with the door on your back, so... <laughs> <laughs> Just wearing a house. You're actually at our house. We... <laughs> no, you, know, you know when they say your body's a temple, they weren't meaning to... <laughs> <laughs> That's so good. I love you guys. I love you guys, too. Here is a steeple. Definitely changed back into my armor, but I will have put the robe in my bag. Um, seeing that there's no reason to, I don't have it wear armor anyway. Uh, Melian will be just as happy to wander out of his kilt. Did you untie your sword? No, but I, I did strap all the other weapons to me. I don't oh, use the okay. great sword. So the main house I'd want to investigate in the Nobles District is the one that was bought by Lord Quint. But I think I think I mentioned this before. I want to wait to break into that, and we are probably going to break into that until I know what we're looking for, rather than trying to just shuffle around for clues. Because I figure we're only get one shot. Mm. One opportunity. So you, the Penner house uh, is not in the Noble District. So there's two houses. One that we know belongs to Jasper Quent, and then one that the guy was working on in the Noble's District, and we don't know that it belongs to Jasper Quent. Maybe it doesn't. Wait, Maybe what? it's just a coincidence. Aren't they both the pen? Aren't we? Aren't I? Don't know the second one. It's the Penner Estate, right? No, the se the second one's in the Nobles District, and I think that's where the father died. I thought the whole reason that we were originally casting eyes towards Quint was because the one that he died out was then bought well, by the, Quint. Yeah, and I don't. I, I mean, obviously, cast correct us if we're wrong, but I was under the distinct impression that the guy, the guy, was only working on one place. 
that that one, but his brother was working somewhere else, and the one place he was working was the place that he died. So, I'm not going to correct anyone because there was there is intentional confusion regarding this. Hmm. Um, in regards to how it was phrased the first time around, and you were basically almost given contradictory information. Ah. For what it's worth, we were meaning to go and speak to the brother, too, because we know that he lives outside of the city. Um, what was his mm. name? I can reread. Oh, I have it written down. We were also talking about going to visit the uh, guild because the wife didn't know anything about what this guy was doing. I think the brother's a better bet um, just because like, he was also working on that same house. So he would know. The brothers' names are Tristan and Mark. Tristan is the one who lives in town and is a drunk guy who likes to go whoring. And Mark lives outside of town and he moved to a farming enclave outside about a mile or two past the Marsh Cidery. Yeah. Oh, just by the Marsh Cidery. Well, a mile or two past the Marsh Cidery. So if we were to go to visit the brother, we would happened to walk across the Marshidery on the way. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, that seems convenient. It does. Doesn't it, though? Not for tonight, though. In the morning. Yeah. Maybe after Melian has pretended to be a guard and got us some interesting information about the locations of the disappearances. I think that's the ticket. Mm-hmm. Sasha, any thoughts? Faileth has so little understanding of what you guys are actually planning to do beyond saving the children that she would not weigh in. Is she also, like, looking everywhere and probably possibly running on the spot? Oh, she's so jazzed up. She's had so much dessert. (laughs) So you guys begin to wander the Noble District. You're out for an evening stroll. Not going to get many more nice autumn nights. Might as well make use of them, right? That's the ticket. Mm-hmm. If it's not raining, sounds great. You can already see, as you take a stroll back through the main uh, square, through the Shroudstone Plaza, you can see that there is some changes to how it was earlier in the day. It looks like that a couple individuals and businesses are starting to decorate a bit. And as you think about it, uh, you realize that tomorrow, being the first of Liane, also means that the Festival of the Starlight Gambit will begin. So. Can you say all of that again? (laughs) Tomorrow is the beginning of the month Liane, the 11th month of the year. And during the new moon of Ptolemy, during the four days of the new moon, is the Festival of Starlight Gambit. You know, the Festival of Starlight Gambit. Hmm. Duh. Sorry, the month of ill what? It's on the calendar. It's on the calendar. Oh. Everything's on the calendar. Oh, is the festival on the calendar too? Oh, yeah. Yeah, oh, the I'm Festival sorry. of Starlight Gambit. Jeez. Sorry. I don't know, maybe I'm just suspicious because we've been talking about cult stuff, but festivals are 
Notoriously culty? Notoriously culty. The first person brings out a Wicker Man is getting clubbed. <laughs> <laughs> what? Not the beer! Not the beer! Oh, my God! Oh. Nicholas Cage impression! So, um, assuming that we don't happen to stumble across a recently built house, uh, which would be terribly convenient, I'm assuming the next step is to go try to... How are we going to approach this guard? Well, obviously with Melian well, as a guard. so but... what I will say is that as you are doing your sort of stroll, you do note that there is a guard tower built into the wall that does come down, that has an entrance in the nobles' district. Uh, do we r run into any passing uh, guards? Uh, yeah. You, you don't... Like, they don't get in your way, they don't seem concerned. You guys... Basically, what it actually looks like is there's two individuals that look like they're possibly hired mercenary guards. And there's two people that look rather well-dressed. Possibly nobles. Even, uh, but, or a noble and their daughter. But they don't look like town guards. What I meant is from the guard's perspective... Uh, you've definitely seen town guards moving around, but your ah. party doesn't look conspicuous. Right, it but I want like... to engage one of them in conversation. Okay, yeah. Mm -hmm. Because I want his face. Oh. Terrifying. That, that is... sounds so creepy. <laughs> Horrifying. <laughs> thank you, thank you, Brian. That is uh -huh. utterly, utterly terrifying. You're welcome. Um, uh... <laughs> because I can't show up as the shamed guard. I mean, he gets to keep it, too. Very true. <laughs> if I show up as the shame guard, I have to explain what happened. Uh, so, yeah. Uh, what do you, you... There's a... there's The guards are usually going about in pairs, from what you can see. And they're mostly just navigating, like, through the streets, going down the various laneways between the properties... They're not as much focused towards the center, but they definitely seem to be more along the edges, as if they're more to deter people from coming into the nobles' district at night. Uh, because it's dark, I'm going to do, like, uh, as we start to approach one, and I'm like, oh, I want to talk to these guys. Give me a second. And I'm going to, like, put my hands, like, reach into my bag, pull out, like, a cloth, put it over my face, and, like, rub it around a bit. Uh, and then I'm going to look like uh, Lord Buchanan. Wearing a kilt. Yeah, oh, yeah, wearing the same clothes, obviously. Yovin's going to watch very carefully, trying to pick up tips, and just... Well, you know he just... can turn into a lion. That's true, that's true. Yeah, but I told I told you guys that was a feature of my oh, uh, bar right. barbarianism. Right. Yep. Okay. Druids shapeshift into animals all the time. They don't shapeshift into the local lord. That's, <laughs> that's <laughs> a, true. a different thing, yeah, for sure. Uh, yeah, so um, you assume the face of the Lord Buchanan, and there the guards seem like it's two guards that are coming up along one side. Yeah, I call the guards over, and I'm like, uh, because I'm like, oh, uh, uh, you there, sh show me these weapons I've heard so much about. Of, of, of course, my lord. Uh, they sort of like do a double take, like looking and then looking at you, and then just like, uh, and. One of them, and both of them come over and they show you and let you inspect their weapons. 
possible. I mean, I make this as, as like, I don't really want them to remember this as being uh, uh, particularly notable. So I'm just going to look at them and go, oh, I still think these are trash. And then, like, hand them back. Uh, thank you, gentlemen. Uh, you're, you're doing good work. Uh, have you heard anything about my son? I am sorry, my lord. We we have not. Well, that is disappointing, but I am I, uh, I'm sure you're doing your best. Uh, thank you, gentlemen. You may continue. The, there best. have been other recent disappearances, my lord, but I am... We are doing what we can. Uh, well, in the morning, perhaps I will send word. I, w I would like to uh, know more about these more recent disappearances. Do you know what guardhouse may they may have some record of the disappearances? Uh, I'm sure that uh, Captain Tyler has uh, collected uh, them together. Uh, but at uh, each guardhouse, each tower, uh, there is a. We we do have a posting board uh, that has that some details have been put up. Uh, if you send a runner in the morning, uh, we can ensure that a letter is drafted up with any pertinent information for you, my lord. Excellent. You both have my thanks. Um, resume your patrol. Thank you. Have a good evening, my lord. Um, continue on. Um, uh, so in. I happen to be wearing the lord's livery. Um, and his this is... That and just I... really helped sell this whole thing? Well, no, I'm, I'm, I have a forgery kit and I'm proficient in it. We could draft a letter right now and just go to the guard's tower. I mean, it's as good of an idea as any. Might <laughs> as well. This level of, I don't know, deception makes Quarry uncomfortable, but... We are inquiring on the Lord's behalf, aren't we? I mean, and, yeah, that's and true. I never... the saving grace of this. I never told them I was the Lord Buchanan. <laughs> that's very true. Yeah, you never outright stated any lie... So nope. I never made you roll deception. <laughs> I was uh, like, do I? No. <laughs> uh, once again, um, Melian would sort of like uh, grab some some water out of his skin and squirt it on his face and then rub himself with this cloth and then resume his previous, um, his previous shape. You see, you hear Jovan mutter something about contouring as he sees... Melian's jaw noticeably shift during <laughs> and, the scar, and the scar comes back <laughs> just mumbling under his breath like his hand goes alright so what's the plan are you guys going to continue to this guard tower are you going to to send a guard in to look at the board? Are you going to write a letter? Are you going to... It sounds like we could go right do? and do it. Yeah. Um, yeah, we can send a guard in with a letter, I suppose. Or I'll draft one? <laughs> Just, oh, it's uh... up to you guys. What approach do you want to take? I mean, now... Hey, what we could do is I could go in as one of those two guards and say that the Lord sent a runner. He approached me earlier, and now he sent a runner. So that if anybody asks them later, they're like, "Oh yeah, the guard totally, Lord Buchanan totally approached us." 
and then I could just hand the, the letter to you. And then later when they're like, Did, didn't you give that letter away? They're like, well, we did. Sure. What letter? Yeah, that works out. Um, Alright, I'll, I'll... Is there street lamps? Street torches? Maybe street lamps. They have lamp lighters and such. Yes, there there are oil street oil lamps. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I'll, I'll catch the light of one of them and quickly draft up something short and simple. It's written by a man that's apparently distraught about the loss of his son, so I'm, you know, doesn't need to be quite as elaborate as it otherwise would be. Should I roll something, or do I just provide that to, to Brian and? Uh, I would or? like a. I think we're gonna have you do a deception. What is deception? I don't know. It's charisma. Ah! <laughs> Regret. Um, okay, that's fine. Let's take a look here. Okay, that's not too bad. Um, so, 15 total. Okay, that that's pretty good. You can produce a letter that you at least think is appropriate. I have proficiency in both deception and the forgery kit, but I only apply it once, correct? think so off the top of my head let's go with that makes sense okay anyway um, um, congratulations uh Yovan grants you a quickly drafted letter you have a forged letter that ostensibly is from the lord buchanan it doesn't have his like I, it doesn't have his seal on it since you don't have anything like that but It's a passable letter. It's a passable letter, and the subject matter is not so controversial that I think it would be raising any suspicion there. Mm-hmm. It's not exactly classified information. That's the hope. Here's dreaming. Awesome. Uh, Melian will duck sort of out of the out of sight of pretty much everyone, and then slip into the guard's uniform as well as the face of one of the two guards he just talked to. And with that, you approach uh, at the southern uh, edge of the Noble District, a tower built into the tall walls that encompass Dwemer Hollow. Uh, I distance myself from the nobles, so it doesn't look like I'm arriving with them. And then I, with a practiced... Um, he's born of many late nights spent in uh, uh, the company of other mercenaries. I walk in looking kind of um, a bit like tired, and then I go, "No, no, no! Wait outside. I'll I'll address this uh, to my presumptive partner, who of course I should travel with, but he's not here." Uh, and then I step inside and go, can someone remind me where the missing child board is? I have a letter here from Lord Buchanan. He wants a comprehensive report. And I told him because uh, he surprised us on the street. I told him that I would uh, bring this letter and gather that information for him. So You realize that you are actually talking to an empty room. Oh, good. Yeah. Well, 
nothing, nothing quite like practicing. All right, uh, <laughs> I start poking around to see if I can figure out where the the tack board is. This s- central room doesn't look like it has it. There is a small. There are two small doors in it that look like they possibly go might go actually like inside the wall. Uh, I go right. You open it, and it's actually a staircase that goes down. Oh well, I always go right. So no, I go check the other door. I go check the other door. There's no, there's no reason not to. That uh, it looks like it's a small staircase that goes up. Oh crap! I don't know where. I I don't think it would be. I think if they were going to have a thing, it'd be up. So I go up the. I go up, up. It looks like you come to a mess room of some kind, or like a more of like a a gar a room where they could relax a bit. And there is a board on the wall, hanging on the one of the walls, and it does have a map on it. And on it, there are just sort of like tacks that are pressed into it in a couple different places. Um, but there's no information attached to these tacks at all. <laughs> right. Is it a pretty, like, there's a, it's essentially a, a giant map of the city, like a, or a large map of the city. Uh, pinned to the wall, and then there's tax in it. Yep. Yeah, much. I take the whole map. I'm just gonna very carefully untack it, like take all the tacks out, being very careful not to disturb where the holes are, and then uh, like unclip it from the wall, and then take the whole map. I just fold it up and put it in my bag. As you start to head down, I, are you gonna head down or are you gonna go back back up? Are you gonna go further up? Uh, no. Yeah. Once I've got the map, I have no reason to risk getting found out as not being this guy any longer, so I immediately try to head back outside. As you're starting to head down, you hear some voices in the main room. I once again sort of assume that bleary expression. Oh, oh shit. (laughs) I don't just burst into the room. I sort of get to the bottom and then peek through to make sure that the guy I'm pretending to be isn't in there. You peek in and you see a guard that looks a bit older and there's like uh, it seems like he has some kind of badge on his shoulder. That's cool, yeah. And you see a younger guard, and they appear to be arguing about something. And the what you quickly gather is that the younger guard, who the older one seems to refer to as Ambrose, is really concerned about the cells that they have under the guardhouse. And he's like, there has to be a tunnel. There has to be something. The kid went missing down there. Why won't you believe me? And the other one is like, there's no record that there was a kid here. There's no record at all. You've been going on about this for months. It's been almost a year. Put this to bed. If you don't smarten up, perhaps someone else will not be as kind as myself. Now get back to work. Uh, I take careful note of who that guy is. Not the not the captain who's giving the other guy a reaming out, but the the um the guy who says there was a kid who disappeared from downstairs. Yeah, you can you can take a good careful note of him. He looks like he's rather young, looks like late teens, maybe early twenties, human, male. Awesome. And then as they're sort of separating, then I'll come out making it look like I've just popped something in my mouth and I'm now chewing it. And I give them both, like, a nod, like... And you go on your way, and you head back out. But I ignore... Well, I guess I head towards the group, but I don't, like, head straight to them. I 
head down an alley, uh, quickly try and uh, ditch all my guard paraphernalia and switch in some other clothes and, and put on my actual face. Or my current face. I don't put on my actual face. That's I Okay. Need be, I need this to be very clear. <laughs> okay, we don't need to have any saving throws. <laughs> awesome. I was like, wait, wait, wait. I had forgotten for a second what my actual face meant. So I... Don't worry. Changelings don't have any crazy-looking face. Not at no. all. They don't have a feature that's particularly... Well, that's like, concerning. ...terror into people. I reveal nope. that. <laughs> um... Melon, how did it go? Uh, it went better than I... Ex- it went better than I expected, actually. And I pull out this large folded-up map... Uh, each of the holes in the map, except for the four corners, is a place where attack was to indicate, uh, I guess I presume, one of the missing children. Alright, let me see. Um, and I quickly compare it to the places that the ghost told me all the children were missing. I could take a moment to cross-reference, or Cass could just tell me if it does. Based off the look of it... Actually, I don't know if you'd be able to with your rudimentary knowledge of the city. Well, but he told me... The ghost told me all the names of the places they disappeared. So, yeah, if we go by based off names of the places and the districts, it looks like it's right. Maybe missing a couple? This more or less checks out, but they didn't get all of them. I hand it back. That's actually a decent quality map. You'd be surprised how expensive it is to get one of these made. Every time I've inquired, it's been prohibitive. Oh, well, then consider it a gift from the guards. Oh. <laughs> we are, after all, doing their work for them. Uh, this will do a long way, I think. I, I look to the paladin and go, the guards absolutely intended for me to have this. <laughs> of course. Shall we continue our discussion at the house? That would probably be wise. And with that, you guys head back to the house on Sapphire Lane. And are you guys going to have your discussion in the evening of the 29th? Like the late evening of the 29th back at the house? Or are you going to discuss things tomorrow morning? I think Kawari would prefer to have a plan of action before going to sleep. How late is it? We're probably at 10, 11 p.m. The more important question is, how sugar-rushy is Faelith? Can oh, Faelith actually sleep? she has been just running around the nobles' district looking at every single decoration. Oh, that's so pretty! Look at that! Look at that! Look at that! And has thoroughly worn herself out, considering okay. that she was badly injured today. <laughs> first thing, because I think we established that we wanted to uh, check out the cask and speak to uh, Mark, and it's going to be a ways. Okay. If we if we know that that's the first thing we're doing, and, and we're not um, discussing alternative starts to the day, then we'll, we'll have that entire walk to discuss the, the plan. Works for me. Cool. Okay. I'll see you guys head back to the house on Sapphire Lane. And you will all take a long rest. Please recover hit die if you spent any. 
please totally heal did. up, and please regain your spell slots and trick points. Hooray. Bardic inspiration. Everything associated. I don't have any of those things. <laughs> and we will reconvene yeah, should have care, next week. Occasionally remember that she can give Thank you. listening to Roll With Adventure, where we bring you this story from our imagination to your ears. If you liked what you heard, please rate us on Apple Podcast and visit us at www.rollwithadventure.com. Our intro and outro music is Brave by Arcane Anthems. Thanks for the components of this episode's soundscapes. Go to zapsplat.com, Arcane Anthems, and Purple Planet Music. Full credits are in the episode description. We hope you've enjoyed listening. Bye! I am Jovan uh, Cooperson of the. Oh, I just had it written down. Don't mind me. Did I mention I was going to be friends with her? Well, actually, okay, while you are thinking about that... What I kept starting happen? sentences well, yeah, and realizing me. I was muted. Uh, and I couldn't <laughs> figure out why people kept interrupting me. <laughs> I was, you're not, and I was I was like, what's going on? Like, I, I really want to say the thing. Um. <laughs> and does anyone remember sort of what I was saying at the last time, or should I just try and... Lord Buchanan is about to make us an offer we can't refuse. Well, you, you could refuse it, really, if you wanted. I am to, Lord but... Buchanan. How dare you come? How dare you come to my house and eat my food? And this kill the my, day of my daughter's wedding. <laughs> <laughs> it's basically like, all right. So you're already doing this thing. What if you continue doing that thing? But I paid you. Like it's that. <laughs> no, I refuse. <laughs> okay. So let me know when it, when we when we're recording. Is this indeterminate silence because Ali clicked record? Oh, sorry. Yeah, it is recording. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>